The Innovate 608 podcast is brought to you by Starting Block Madison and sponsored by the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com, and the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact. The Institute invests in visionary entrepreneurs who are building scalable social enterprises, offering economic opportunity for all, healthy youth development, learning, and academic achievement, and resilient communities. From the Starting Block Madison studio in the beautiful Capital East neighborhood of downtown Madison, Wisconsin, this is the Innovate 608 podcast, and I am your host, Nora Rowan-Schmidt. Thank you for joining us today. You're listening to the Innovate 608 podcast coming to you from Starting Block Madison. Thank you to our sponsors, the American Family Institute and Madison.com. Today in the studio, we are thrilled to welcome the 46th governor of the state of Wisconsin, Mr. Tony Evers, Governor Evers. Hey, how's it going, Nora? Oh, it is such a pleasure to see you. Welcome to Starting Block, and thank you for being here today. Yeah, and thanks for all your good work, too. Thank you. Tell me what the last year has been like for you. Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's been obviously very trying because, uh, you know, we have people dying. Uh, we have people that have been hospitalized and thank goodness they haven't passed away. We have people that um, uh, were afraid to, to, uh, to contact with the virus. But all those things aside, the thing that keeps me void for the future is the resilience of the people of Wisconsin. And frankly, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the business sector has been extraordinary. If you think about the fact that um, pre-pandemic, our unemployment rate was about 3.5%. And you know, I don't want to say post-pandemic because we're not there yet. But at this point in time, it's about the same as it was pre-pandemic. And uh, at least from the tax revenue point of view, the state is uh, probably as strong as it ever has been. So that, but then you also see every single, so that's economically um, uh, uh, a snapshot. But what gives me the greatest pleasure is just the resilience of people. It's just amazing, you know, neighbors helping neighbors, uh, businesses helping businesses, business changing their changing their way of doing business uh, on the fly and uh, and our ability to help them as much as we can. And, uh, and it, you know, we would have been in a much different place if, uh, if it wasn't for the resilience of the people of Wisconsin. It's really extraordinary. I, you know, I saw it again. This isn't post, this isn't pandemic uh, talk here, but uh, recently, they had a tornado in Boscobel, Wisconsin, a small town, beautiful small town, very uh, like a lot of places we see in Wisconsin. And, um, it, and I talked to people that have had their houses completely destroyed. And all they could talk about is neighbors and people, frankly, they didn't even ever know from Boscobel, just showing up to help them move things, to help, you know, cut Cut the, cut the trees and limbs down that were all over the place. Helped them making sure that they were in a place that uh, uh, they were able to find room and board someplace else. So that's the Wisconsin I know and love. Been around a long time, and uh, uh, it it continues to be an issue. Um, the the pandemic, and I just encourage anybody listening to this podcast to really help us out. We've got a lot of people that need. Uh, need help being convinced that uh, 
this uh, virus is still a thing and uh, we, we need to get shots in arms. One of the things that we've noticed at Starting Block as a result of the pandemic is an increased interest in entrepreneurship yeah. and finally taking the ideas that people have that they've been thinking about uh, part-time and moving them into mm. reality. One of the other things we focus on at Starting Block is making sure to eliminate barriers to entry for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that um, Wisconsin is doing to eliminate barriers for entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of it um, uh, is a disappointing story. We, we uh, in our recent budget proposal, we had $100 million set aside for WEDC around the issue of startups and, and entrepreneurship with about 20% of that set aside for uh, minority businesses or you know ha businesses that have a ethnic uh, diversity uh, part of their uh, part of their uh, effort, and uh, unfortunately that didn't make it through the the budget. Uh, so we are we're trying to use uh, s some of our federal money that's coming in that, uh, to kind of backfill where that didn't happen. The good news is that um, and maybe by the time. Um, we get done with this podcast that uh, uh, the legislature, I know there's some legislators that are thinking, uh, having second thoughts. The initial, the initial uh, piece that was in the budget was, um, was primarily, uh, it was just taken out without any thought or vote or anything. It was just like, this is Evers' idea. We don't we, we we don't like it because it's his idea. I think some people are reconsidering that. We do have the resources available. Our our uh, uh, our fund balance is such that a uh, hundred million dollars is doable, and so hopefully they'll come back and do that. But we are also in the meantime uh, working uh, with the federal money that we have received to uh, um, uh, from the beginning. Uh, making sure that those small businesses, and many of those small businesses are people just kind of starting out, uh, received resources. And not necessarily to, do I ever believe that those initial resources that went through WEDC to small businesses and, and many entre entrepreneurs, um, we're going to make them whole, but it just kind of a little bit in there to uh, uh, keep them um, afloat. And we're going to continue that, and we're also looking at investing in all sorts of uh, organizations that help entrepreneurs uh, get going. Which is great, yeah, <clears throat> because it has been a tough year for oh. some nonprofits who offer entrepreneurial support services, yeah. um, particularly with challenges for fundraising and other things. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I've, uh, uh, I, I, as I mentioned to you earlier before we started this, uh, I just got off a conversation with some really cool people from around the state that uh, um, are advising us on equity and inclusion issues and diversity issues, and many of them are uh, small business owners or people that work in your space, uh, mm -hmm. uh, helping entrepreneurs st uh, start out and hear the same thing from them. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I've seen it too. Uh, during, uh, I, I, I did a couple days of visiting uh, small businesses and most of them were just startups just before the pandemic. And uh, 
uh, seeing how they're doing and what they've been doing, what they've done to really um, start over to, you know, you know doing things uh, on the fly and innovating. And it just, it's just extraordinary what I've seen happen. And, and frankly, that's even though they've struggled, um, I think that's one of the reasons that our economic outlook right now is really good is that uh, there was a lot of innovation going on even in the darkest of times. Absolutely. And we're definitely seeing evidence of that at starting block. So yeah, it's, it's incredibly encouraging yeah, to absolutely. see how many people have good ideas and how many people feel supported enough to put those into motion. Yeah, absolutely. Mental health has been a topic of interest for us at starting block for our members um, and also for those in entrepreneurship and people in general mm-hmm. um, based on the, the year that we've had. One of the things that I like to ask CEOs of tech companies is what they do to unwind or um, create a a positive mental health space for themselves. Many tech CEOs say to me, well, I just work more and that's how I (laughs) create my time. As someone who um, obviously works a tremendous amount what have you been doing to take care of yourself? How do you unwind? That's a great question. And actually, early on in the uh, pandemic, when uh, uh, my wife Kathy and I started thinking about how we're going to spend whatever free time we do have, uh, we really set aside that free time so we know it would stay free. But second of all, we really kind of double down on getting exercise. Uh, that that and it. It works uh, to, from my vantage point, uh, having, you know, Kathy and I have been wor- married for 49 years as of yesterday. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And we, we still have trouble finding time for us to communicate with each other. And so every, every chance we had, we went for long walks. We went, you know, from Madison, we'd walk f- from the Capitol across the UW campus uh, to about the university hospital and back. And it's about six miles, and we try to do it as quickly as we could, fast, but we, we're talking the entire time. And we, we, uh, we did that throughout the pandemic when even, even during the winter we would, we, would, we would be walking, we'd be getting exercise on a treadmill, whatever it took to do together and to uh, get exercise. Uh, it was really critical, and, and you know, I... I know a lot of people have gained weight during the pandemic, and uh, uh, that was not place that neither of us wanted to go. And so we uh, uh, we succeeded, and we still do that today. I mean, so it's going to be something that um, we created for the two of us to do uh, during really difficult times uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but we will continue this, and uh, it'll be part of our lives from here on out. In your travels uh, throughout the state, have you encountered any entrepreneurs whose stories are particularly innovative or inspiring that you would like to share today? Yeah, many, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, right across the street from this building, uh, uh, Salvatore's uh, uh, Tomato Pies, for example, uh, we visited there and talked to the owners and the people, people that uh, are uh, working in the business. And how, the, you know, clearly they had to do like many restaurants had to do as far as takeout and so on. But they also utilized their facility for with a 
a combination or cooperation of uh, SSM Health to give people shots, give vac- vaccinations, uh, and uh, and they were actively promoting not only their takeout uh, opportunities but also being healthy and getting getting that done. So, you know, they, they did the thing that a lot of other restaurants did, but they also took it a step further to help their, uh, uh, help their customers uh, stay and be, be healthy. Uh, so I, I, and I, I saw a lot of that all across the state. It is, you know, yes, they, they did the things that they needed to do to be innovative and to uh, change the way they they operate, small businesses and entrepreneurs in, in, in particular, but they also took time to um, kind of show their customers what um, what mitigation looks like, and uh, and I think that that helped us as a state. It didn't just didn't help them as a business uh, and them and their uh, and their operations be safe and, and thoughtful. But it also showed the people of the state that weren't part of their business that were utilizing it how to uh, how to mitigate and how important it was. Many leaders have to um, make difficult decisions, mm-hmm. and they also have to be prepared to. Um, you know, face critique um, and the challenges that come with that. Many who are new to entrepreneurship are not used to what that feels like. You know, for example, um, sometimes I'll feel like I have a a tremendous idea and I'll send it to someone who just responds with no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just no, No, (laughs) nothing else. (laughs) So... How do That's you, real helpful. <laughs> right? How do you, as a leader, um, manage critique and feedback mm. and um, moving forward with ideas in the face of um, some of that? Yeah. Well, I, I do the same as, as you mentioned. When when you get a uh, critique, um, I, I usually ask. Uh, you know, political critique critiques are different than other critiques they're sure. they're they're uh, when i'm critiqued uh, politically a lot of times there's a there's a political background of it and uh, uh the the critiquer wants me to respond so that they can respond back and back and forth that's just not my dna i'll do that occasionally when it's really egregious but for the most part um uh it's unfortunately part of the part of the job but if I if if I hear um, uh, a criticism from a group or uh, individuals that uh, I you know I can tell by the nature of the, the critique uh, that it's something I can learn from I I'll say okay that's fine we I guess we disagree but tell me how you would do it differently or how you know and and actually have a conversation around that and frankly when we have conversations around that at least it gives me an opportunity to explain why I made the decisions I made unfortunately most of the kind of criticisms I that end up on my desk or in my head are of the political nature that just have ramped up over time and uh, and that's uh, just part of unfortunately the national scene that that is what how how it works but um no i actually uh, i was i was at the um um 
uh, the state fair this week, and we, I was at the uh, uh, at the livestock auction, and uh, that's part. Of, it's a governor's livestock auction, so I have to play a role in that. Anyway, some young person came up to me that had won something, and he said, "So, how are you going to make America great again?" And I, I knew where he was coming, uh, so I just said. I told him a couple of things that I thought were important. And I said, don't you think, uh, I wanted to engage him. I said, don't you think America is great? And, and where, where do you think it isn't? And so opportunities like that don't always come, come across where it's not a politician doing it, just a regular citizen. And I always take the opportunity to learn from it. One of the things that we offer at Starting Block to our members is a vision dental, life insurance, and then we also offer some telehealth services. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've been pursuing fairly aggressively um, in this position and in my previous position is figuring out ways that entrepreneurs and small businesses can buy in um, or be part of an affordable healthcare yeah. situation. Do you think that there would ever be any chance for a cooperative model to be used with entrepreneurs and small businesses in the state um, to provide affordable health care? Yeah, absolutely, because it has existed in the past. Uh, there's been all sorts of cooperatives that uh, uh, have taken this on, of course, with entrepreneurs and, and others uh, that kind of fit that mode. That is... Uh, that's those have been few and far between, but absolutely, uh, I I I I am a, a, a huge um, advocate for Medicaid expansion in this state. Uh, it, it would bring in a significant amount of federal money, and it would help ninety thousand people that struggle uh, on with health insurance uh, to get a health insurance. Uh, but it would also provide additional resources to do exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I, th- I, I think it is a, a good model. Um, I know there, I, I ran a cooperative in the education world for uh, uh, a decade or more. And uh, at one time, there was uh, a cooperative around health insurance for, for school districts, and they still exist to some extent. But clearly, um, uh, Places like Starting Block and others could be a, a great opportunity to do that, and uh, you know, th- I, I can't imagine there's any reason why uh, we there would there need necessarily to be um, uh, legislation to kind of empower them. But I think uh, with uh, Medicaid expansion, there would be an opportunity for resources that would help um, Starting Blocks and others uh, similar to that to um, begin to have that kind of cooperative. Is there anything that you would like to highlight um, that's coming up uh, that we haven't discussed today? Well, I, I encourage folks that uh, are part of the, part of the world of uh, uh, beginning their journey to become entrepreneurs in, in the state to really, I remember uh, this is right after I think I was elected. Mandela and I were in Milwaukee talking to some, uh, to some, uh, big, you know, entrepreneurs who were just starting out, and their energy and and conviction was just you know sky high. And um, what what they and, and this this isn't advice because I've never been an entrepreneur <laughs> per se, 
but uh, to to a person, they they felt that um, it was difficult to kind of sort through all the messaging that's out there uh, f for them and where they, you know, it, it was almost like um, there's just too much noise in the in the environment for them to say, okay, this is exactly what I needed here. And, uh, and I, it's not any criticism of any folks that are helping entrepreneurship uh, flourish in the state of Wisconsin, but um, I, I think that has gotten a lot better. Uh, and uh, I don't hear that uh, too much when I talk to people that are just starting out. They, they seem to have landed someplace where they, they, they feel comfortable with the advice and counsel that, that they're getting. So I'm, I'm just hopeful um, as a state that uh, we can continue to, you know, do whatever we can to uh, help groups like Starting Block and others across the state, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, around others that are kind of ethnic, have this, uh, you know, the minority businesses, the Hmong community, and the in the Black community, and the, and the Latino community, all those folks um, to have the resources they need in order to help people move forward. And, and, I, and I know the Biden administration is very thoughtful around that issue, too. So I think, I think we will see some help in that area. Uh, but, you know, I know, you know, obviously it's really important for our state to have different, different um, uh, structures of the economy of scale. And uh, we're, we're always going to be strong in some areas that uh, uh, are not necessarily you know, entrepreneurship friendly, but at the end of the day, uh, the work that Starting Block does and others like you across the state is is absolutely part and parcel of how we move our state forward in a in a positive, thoughtful, and yet economically sound way. So I I just want to say this that whatever we can do to be helpful, we will. And I think the federal government is of the uh, of the view that helping entrepreneurs is uh, part of their work too. Well, it's very clear that your administration um, and the WEDC value entrepreneurs and the support of entrepreneurship yeah. in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. So we thank you for all of your efforts and we will keep our fingers crossed on the fund of funds. Um, yes. What a tremendous asset that would be to the state. Yeah. And we just... Thank you so very much. Yeah, for and your we, we will get there. I, I feel confident of that. When when I start hearing things uh, through the grapevine that uh, people are reconsidering their their uh, you know the the good news now is it's not it would it be a standalone bill and it can it can stand there on its own merits uh, instead of this is part of Evers' budget so I hate it just because of that uh, you know so that that piece will be taken off the table so I think there is some good opportunities here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Governor Evers, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule and it just means absolutely everything to us that you're willing to take a few minutes and come visit and chat and um, talk to the, the entrepreneurs of the state. Yeah, great. Thanks. And thanks for your good work, Nora. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. You've been listening to the Innovate 608 podcast with special guest Tony Evers. We'll see you next time. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Innovate 608 podcast. What's the most innovative thing you've done this week? Record a message all about your innovation and send it to us in an email at innovate608 at startingblockmadison.org. Be sure to check out the Starting Block Madison Facebook page for video clips and episode outtakes. 
Remember, innovators, do one thing every day that is slightly outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thanks so much to the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact for sponsoring this episode. See you next time.